Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. From the Eat My Catfish studios, it's time for Arkansas's number one caller-driven sports show. It's Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network with your hosts, Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer. Lock it in and get ready to dial us up. Drive Time Sports is on the air. Hour number three of Drive Time Sports here on the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer standing by in northwest Arkansas. I'm Randy Rainwater from the capital city. It's time for the basketball insider in Arkansas. It's pure sweats, skills, and trainings. Bart Reed, made possible by Martin Orthopedics. With locations in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Cabot, and Hot Springs Village. Staffed with fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeons and sports medicine specialists. For more information on the web, go to martinortho.care. Now, here's Bart. Here's Bart. Good afternoon, Mr. Bart Reed. Hello. Big day in the basketball world today. Big day. NBA draft. And Bart, when it's over, are you retiring? Are you retiring? There's nothing else to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) No, unfortunately, I'm not retiring. But I I can tell you, um, I've got a little bit of nerve, as as you can imagine, having being so close to Nick, kind of the anxiety levels up, let's just say that. Well, the one thing we do know is, well, we don't know this for 100%, but we are assuming that Eric Musselman, who's going to wear a suit for the first time since he was hired at Arkansas, <laughs> is not trying to fill the 13th scholarship while he's in New York City. We're assuming that, but we don't know that for sure. That's right. That's right. He is, He probably has never, Rick, has he ever worn a suit? I, I've, I've never seen him in a suit. He wore a suit the day he was hired at Arkansas because he thought that was the thing to do. And then, uh, okay. evidently, Hunter Juracek told him uh, wearing polo shirts at the basketball games was okay with him. And so that's that's what he does. And you're seeing more and more college coaches go to a more casual look. You yep. Know, yep. You, you think about, say, 15 years ago, or you think about certainly when Eddie Sutton was there and even Nolan – you know, they must have had clothing deals with somebody because they wore suits that, you know, I guess coaches could afford, but most of us couldn't. And But you don't yep. see that as much anymore, not in college. Basketball. No, you don't. You don't. I remember when Rick Pitino and Mellon had the battle of the boots to see which uh, who had the most expensive pair of boots. And now even if you see the guys wearing suits, they're wearing tennis shoes out on the course. Or yeah. The coach. yeah, that's so. right. I told Rick Pitino, I've said this before, at the Final Four in Charlotte, I said, if you ever want to get rid of your suits, because I could pretty much look him (laughs) right in the eye. I was a little bit thicker than he was. But I said, if you ever want to get rid of any of your threads, I'll be happy to take whatever that you want to get rid of. Because if that wasn't a $2,000 suit all the way back in 19, 
94, that yeah. it probably was even more than just $2,000 because he was slick Rick, and that was for that a reason because he could dress uh, in Absolutely. style. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, mentioning nerves, have you had a chance to talk to uh, Nick today? So I haven't. I've I've kind of just let let some space. We you know traded some texts and just good luck and all that stuff. It's, it's high level of anxiety for these guys too because a lot of times people think Randy Rick they they know exactly where they're going walking into the draft and that's just not the case most of the time. I mean they have a good idea, uh, but certainly there's a lot of movement in this draft, guys. Probably more so than. I think we've seen in the past. I thought Brandon Miller was a lot for the two spot. Now, Drew Henderson is from McKnight, you know, kind of maybe sliding by him. So it's uh, there's a lot going on right now for them. So talked to him a lot in the last week or so, but but not a ton, not live today. Just wish him good luck. I don't know if you saw this or not, uh, Bart, or even Rick, if you saw this or not, but. Uh... Someone placed a $60,000 bet on Wimbaya to go first overall. How much is the payout off the $60,000? $300. How insane. Who, who did that? It, it just says someone. It just says someone. And then there's a note here that says... Uh, the Lakers are likely to trade the 17th pick. That has been pretty much a destination I have seen on many draft boards of Nick going to number 17 to the L.A. Lakers. I'm wondering if that's a deal where the Lakers uh, are trading down or are they trading up, whatever the case may be. But uh, it says here the Lakers are likely to trade the 17th pick. Uh, I want to get this in real quick before I forget about it. Um, sure. This today was on the athletic. Yeah, on the athletic, Alabama lands five-star forward Jaron Stevenson over North Carolina and Virginia. Now he reclassified from the 2024 class. Uh, to go into the 2023 class. So that means Jaron Stevenson, I thought, according to this story, that he filled the last roster spot. So that put my mind into motion, naturally. I'm thinking, yep. ooh, are some dominoes lining up that Grant Nelson maybe just out of the blue, could end up at Arkansas now. But I think you kind of shot that down, did you not? Well, I yes, but, you know, it's never a done deal until it's announced and, and fully committed. So the understanding is that, and listen, Nate Oates is probably one of, if he's not the best recruiter, I certainly think he's one of the top four coaches in the country in terms of recruiting. So when you potentially get two players of this caliber it's a game changer for your program especially if you're looking at trying to replace a player like uh, Brandon Miller and Clowney but certainly 
I think he is still a lot to go to Alabama. I think that's where he's been leaning the whole time. But it does put it into play, guys. If that is the last spot, there's a lot of movement that could still happen in terms of NIL and certain things. I don't think Alabama has the NIL money that Arkansas can bring the table for a Grant Nelson. But certainly I think Alabama is his preference, and he's working towards those academic issues. And the the plan, as I understand it, he is going to announce that he is going to the University of Alabama here in the very near future. Hmm. Why all the delay? I mean, is it is it all over academics? The delay is that is that really what this yes. is all about? Yes, yes, all over academics. So, in a lot of this stuff, and I don't know if it's a for the transfer requirements or falling a threshold. So, certainly, almost like we're we've been seeing this a little bit with players struggling on the academic side. So, yes, it's all over academics. And I think he's officially holding it until he can complete those that summer school requirement. But NATO and Alabama just got a lot better, guys. If it holds true, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't know this much about Jared Stevenson, uh, but he's a five star, and that tells he's you he's good. got potential. Yeah. And then you yeah. throw throw he in is. the fact that. Uh, uh, you get Grant Nelson, who is a proven commodity. Yeah, I think they, they that that kind of softens the blow of Clowney and and uh, and now Miller missing from that yeah. front line for Alabama. Uh, this, and Randy Stevenson is a lot like Brandon Miller. He he's almost a carbon copy. They play very similar. Wow, very steel type big man. So certainly, I'm not going to say he's exactly like Brandon Miller, but I, he's very very close. Did you did you know Brandon Miller a year ago, Bart? I mean, this guy seemed to me just blew up. Yeah, I knew him because him and Nick Smith played together in the summertime for gotcha. Bradley Hill League. Gotcha. So, but there's a lot of people that didn't. And again, this is one of these things, Randy. If you're if you're taking bets, you take that sixty thousand dollar bet a year ago, and they say who's going one or two yeah. in the draft, Brandon Miller or Nick Smith? It would have been Nick Smith and so this, but that's how, hey, that's how it goes. That's why we call it blowing up. Yeah, boy, did he blow up, and he's gonna blow up with millions in his back pocket. Uh, this from our Asher Record Service Company live in feedback. Will says, uh, does Bart think Nick drops to the late first round? And in your opinion, where does Anthony Black land? I think Orlando takes Anthony Black at six. He goes no no further past the eighth pick in Washington. I think with Washington trading Brad Beal, they are in the market for a guard. The executives are raving, and they're still raving about Anthony Black. And it's really his defensive versatility and his ability to handle the basketball. Uh, one executive was saying he can switch them, one through four, ball screens, DHOs, all that. So Anthony Black has done well for himself. I think... Toronto at 13 has loved Nick Smith. I don't see them passing up on Nick Smith at 13. If they pass up, I believe the Pelicans would love to have him at 14, and they would feel like they're getting a steal. If he drops, I just don't see it, especially if, because Randy, you mentioned it, 
if the Lakers hold steady at 17, his agent, Rich Paul, is best friends with LeBron, that's a, I would say that that's a lot to go to L.A. I, I, there's no way L.A. passes up on Nick Smith at 17. I think they were going to try to trade up to get him, Rob Polinka, a year ago in the top five or six. So I think that he does not go any further past 17. Do you believe, and I don't know, I'm not sure I believe, but they're saying that uh, Walsh all of a sudden is drawing tremendous interest. And maybe at the top of the second round, which I haven't seen him there yet, but uh, also possibly slipping into the bottom of the first round. Is that is that even yeah. possible? Yeah. Yes. And I think for all the players, and let's try to – measure this carefully without uh, being over the top. He's got the most upside in terms of his potential, that five-star potential, his overall athleticism. I think he develops in his shot. From where people are looking at him in the second round, I think he's got the most upside of anybody. So, Randy, at the end of the first round, I think it gets to be a crapshoot on where these guys are going. Best available player overall or best available player for a certain position. But this is where the cards kind of go up in the air, and you're just thinking, hey, with the type of talent he has, he could easily slide in. You could justify taking him at the end of the first round and snatching certainly at the first part of the second round. Well, I may be biased. only because He only played one year, so it's not like I've had this long love and, and uh, appreciation for him. I am a huge fan of Ricky Council. Bart, I think this could be a steal. Now, I realize the knock against him is, is, again, just like it is against Anthony Black. He's not a good shooter in the eyes of the so-called NBA. But, okay, you get a guy that can now work on something full-time, he may turn into an outstanding shooter. I think this could be a huge steal for somebody. Well, I agree, Randy, and he's got that type of athleticism. I mean, he's a big-time NBA athlete in terms of that. And, you know, they besides the shooting, some of the guys did not love his efficiency and his overall shot selection, which a little bit kind of like what J.D. Note ran into. But, see, I think a lot of that was a little bit of the offensive, our offensive structure. I think it's kind of stagnant. And so we depend on a lot of isolation, breaking people down off the dribble. So I think his efficiency gets better in the league, and I think he develops a shot. He's going to take a ton of shots. He's going to have shooting coaches and everything else around him. His shot will develop, and he is a NBA athlete right now. And I think he's a all-defensive first or second team, Randy, potentially in the next four to five years. And that's really where you have to look at him. Where is he five years from now? Doesn't he kind of remind you a little bit of Michael Qualls? Yes. You know, Michael, he had the he had the tryout with uh, OKC, and he tore up his knee. I guess that basically ended his NBA hopes and dreams. But, uh, boy, Michael. Now, Michael may have been a little bit. Great athlete. Yeah. Better athlete, but. I, when I think of Council, I think he shoots better. But then when you look at his yeah. field goal percentage, right. maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But it seems like he does. Yep. I think but. he's a natural scorer, more of a natural scorer, and can get it in a variety of ways. 
Uh, but, you know, talk about Martin Orthopedics, guys. The knee was the Achilles heel 30 years ago, and it still is today. Yep. As you talk and you see Nick Smith, that knee still comes up. And so that's the one thing that scares NBA teams. And, you know, with the case of Michael Qualls, it's unfortunate because he had a lot of talent. Boy, did he not. All right, Bart, uh, let's make sure we get this in before we run out of time, as we always seem to. But then I could always add on another segment or two. Uh, but uh, we began last night with our top ten prospects. And uh, you had Honor Botang, and I, uh, my mind goes blank on the young lady. Uh, yep, Brian. Yeah, yes, yes, Brian. thank you. Yep. So, do you have another prospect tonight? I do. Uh, both male and female, top ten prospect. Certainly do. Let's go to Benton, Arkansas. Carry on, Burgess. Carry on, Burgess. Ah. I think he's 6'10". I think Woo. he's 6'10", I'm saying, because I think he's grown over the summer. 2025, 6'10". He is a composite already, uh, 24-7, five-star. He already has a five-star composite. This guy has all the chart potential. Mm. When you talk about a future NBA star, Carrion Burgess is what comes to mind. He can go inside, outside. He's so explosive. Plays for the Arkansas Hawks. Bill Ingram says he's right at 15 points a game. Six rebounds, two block shots, and playing up. Let's remember, that's a 2024 team. He's a 2025. So a true testament to his overall ability. ESPN has him at number 27. Certainly, Randy, as we talked about, 247 has him at 17. Just like with Honor Botank, he's in the mix for a McDonald's All-American bid. Went to the Wooten camp last year, which is the top 150, presenting himself extremely well. Just got back from Italy where he was on the USA select team where Adidas and playing overseas talent. He was one of the write-ups from the sports writers that said, hey, this guy is a future NBA talent because he did extremely well against much older competition. So he's got offers from pretty much everybody. I think his three to four narrows down to Arkansas, Ole Miss, Memphis, and you could probably toss in another regional school around. But certainly those are his, I would say, top choices, but he's got offers from everywhere. So, have to watch this. The one thing to remember about Perion Burgess, he has interest already from the G League with Ignite. Mm. They saw him play last year in California. So, that could be an option for him because, Randy, Rick, I think he's certainly a one-and-done. I don't know. If I put this on Twitter the other day. This uh, was, I'm guessing, Monday, maybe, Tuesday. I'm not sure. But in the... Uh, what they call the agate page where it's got all kinds of transactions and this, that, and the other, they had signing Ron Holland had signed with the G league ignite. And I'm thinking, I thought that was like two months ago or a month ago. <laughs> and now yeah. it is so-called now official. He has signed with the G league. Ignite. Randy, what was the money? Did it disclose the money? No, no, it didn't. It didn't. No, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, If it if it would have said a half a mil, I'd have believed it. So it. uh, Yeah. uh, I think there's plenty there. Um, All right, our uh, top ten prospect for the ladies. 
Yes. So uh, Amelia Rogers. So we're going to go to Lakeside. So Amelia's number three. Just the ranking just came out for prep hoops in the state. She's number three overall. Amelia is a combo guard, five seven. Last year for Lakeside, she averaged nineteen points, two rebounds, and three steals a game. Her summer basketball, she plays with hoop life, so she stays in state, travels a ton. This summer, it's been a very active summer for her. She already had UCA offers. She's picked up a Henderson State offer, Arkansas Tech, uh, Missouri Southern just came in the picture with an offer. She's averaging right at 17 points, two rebounds, and two assists for hoop life in the summer. And certainly she is climbing up, as we would say, I think on the national stage. This is a borderline probably not borderline, a Division One clear talent, Randy, that because mm. of the transfer portal, again, it's affecting the girls. A lot of Division Two schools are coming in and making offers trying to steal away one of our state's top talents. Maybe that would be a star on the Division One level. Just the backlog of scholarships could slip down and stay at the Division Two level. But Amelia Rogers, All-State last year, and certainly could be the number one overall shooting guard in the state of Arkansas. You know, Barney, it first was COVID that was uh, hurting some of our underclassmen, some of our kids in high school, and now it's the transfer portal because you're right. It's knocking knocking kids out of maybe some D1 tickets that, uh, whether it be at, name it, Arkansas, Arkansas State, ULR, you name it. It's, it's. All right, I've got some questions. Can you hang around for some questions? Yes, sir. Okay, hang on, Bart. Bart Reed, pure sweat, basketball skills. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue in just one moment. It's time for the Basketball Insider in Arkansas. It's Pure Sweats, Skills, and Trainings, Bart Reed. Made possible by Martin Orthopedics. With locations in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Cabot, and Hot Springs Village. Staffed with fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeons and sports medicine specialists. For more information on the web, go to martinortho.care. Now, here's Bart. Here's Bart. All right, Bart, this from our Asher Record Service Company live in feedback. Ken says, who does Bart think is the best SEC player in this year's draft? Well, it's got to go to 6'10", Brandon Miller from Alabama. I think he has really separated himself, not just in terms of what he did on the collegiate level, but I think his upside in the NBA is is, is unlimited. I think he's, I think he's an all-star certainly in three to four years, or he has that type of talent inside and outside. He can guard multiple spots. So Brandon Miller would be a clear choice, number one. And, Randy Rick, if you look at it, I mean, you have to go with Anthony Black would be right behind him, especially according to the picks. And if you go and you look really at the first round or certainly in the lottery picks, there's really only four SEC names in there. Uh, Case Wallace is the point guard from Kentucky. Some people have him going for Nick Smith, but certainly, and then Nick Smith is right there. So those are those are the top four, and I think Brandon Miller and Anthony Black are the clear one and two. You know, it's funny that you asked that question, and and he immediately said Miller. I'm sitting here watching LSU play Wake Forest, and I'm thinking Skeens, who's pitching for LSU, or their center fielder. 
But I'm on the wrong sport, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> hey, they got a draft too. <laughs> yeah, who's going to be next? And their draft's coming up soon too. And I'm sitting there watching these guys. And as soon as you said yep. I'm Alabama, and I had to I had to stop and say, Oh yeah, this is basketball we're talking about. Well, we so are. Think about it, this: How many rounds are in the major league baseball draft? They're How down many to twenty. They just do twenty now. Yeah. COVID shut them down. You know, they, they did what one year they did 10 or 12 or whatever it was, and they went back up to 20, and it looks like 20 is where they're going to stay. Wow. So, so just think only 60 players are taken. It's really an accomplishment. I mean, just yeah. to even be considered oh, is, yeah. is, is a huge deal. Absolutely. Because, yeah, you, you can even know they've cut it down to 20. There's 30 teams. That's That's 600 players drafted yep. and they have what's called a sandwich round so if you've picked up if you get picks because you've lost a free agent or something there you can draft in there too so there's you know anywhere from 610 to 620 players drafted but they also have all those minor league teams too sure and you can play your way up yep Absolutely. That's right. yeah. by the way the Speaking of Wake Forest and LSU, right now in the midst of a pitching duel, I think it's safe to say that, Rick. Um, yes, it is. Going into the top of the third, Skeens. Not going to the bottom of the third. Okay. Well, I'm behind you out. then. Yeah. Uh, Skeens uh, had struck out at least half of the batters he had faced. Uh, he, did, mm. he did give up a hit in the top half of the third, and I think he was just erased on a double. Play. Well, it looks like on the video replay, that's not going to be a double play. Okay. Yeah. And uh, his counterpart on the other side has been equally as impressive, and that is Ryan uh, Rhett Louder. And he has gone two innings. He's allowed just one hit. Uh, he's only struck out one batter so far, but uh, nevertheless. You know, when you were talking, Bartimo, nothing, nothing, by the way, top of the third. Uh, Wake Forest and LSU in the win or go home game. Um, when you were talking about Terion, do you know who I was thinking about as you were describing him, Bart? Who? Kevin Durant. Hey, it's a great comparison. I, they they have a really similar type of game because I don't. I was trying to think back in college if Kevin Durant's shot was as developed. But I don't think he was just a – I know he had that type of – he could hit the three-point shot, but I don't think he was an elite-level shooter like he got a couple of years in the NBA. But, yes, their games are very, very similar. Except, Randy, when you look at it, Terrion's probably 20 pounds heavier. Mm, Terrion is – Boy, he, I, I mean, Duran is still, in my opinion, super thin. Oh, he's yeah, he's very – Hey, like, it doesn't matter when you're that skilled. You can be as thin <laughs> as you want to be. Oh, that's like Wimba Yama. What about him? Yes. Absolutely. And when the guy get, and when he's healthy, because my man Drew Hamlin uh, trains him, but uh, uh, Gonzaga, oh, his name's escaping me. Not uh, Timmy. But, no, no, no. Uh Came out last year. Oh right, yeah, year he's before. the guard. He's the guard. Yeah, the the tall, the tall, the the tall, the seven footer that's so thin. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Chet. Yep. And 
He's slight. He's slight, but he's so skilled. When you can shoot the ball and it's positionless basketball, that changes everything. The court opens up, and you become harder to guard because they can be slight because they don't have to bang in the post to get baskets. They just step out behind the three-point line. That's crazy. That's crazy to be that skilled and that big. Uh, this from our Asher Record Service Company live fan feedback. Susan says, Rick, I recall Coach Sutton was advertised as being dressed by Trumbos. I yeah. think they had a store yep. at the mall. They did. Trumbos uh, was at the mall. And everybody uh, who worked in the athletic department, except probably Eddie Sutton, he probably got his stuff free, uh, got a discount for shopping there, uh, which was my undoing. Well, that's why I had no savings when I was uh, – you know, I, I, I never could afford clothes any either in school or uh, even my first job because I was paid so low. And when I got here, it was better. And they offer you that discount. I think I bought everything I could wear. But, yes, and – Unfortunately, that led to one or two years of leisure suits. You know. Oh no! Oh yeah, and then and then you look at how impeccably dressed he was before and after the leisure suits. But the leisure suits and they were popular at the time, but they were awful. I never I never wore one of those. Oh okay okay okay. Mm -hmm. I started saying because when I saw Coach Sutton in one, I'm thinking no way, no 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 no. Uh, he had, you could tell his threads were expensive. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. He looked, he looked that, he looked a lot like Rick Patino. Uh, yeah, slick maybe Rick. so. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, he preceded Patino. He was looking good long before Patino yeah. was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this from our Asher Record Service Company live in feedback from Razorback John. He says, basketball training, love Bart's insight. Uh, what is the training like when getting a player ready for the draft? Good question. And Randy, the person, Chet Holmgren was the guy Chet, I was trying to think Chet, of. That. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Chet Holmgren. Well, so, so training, training for the draft, the, the overall draft process, pretty regimented in terms of you don't have a ton of time to get ready. So, if you look at the skill process, there's probably a lot of long-term goals that players want to get to. Training for the draft process is all about short-term looking good. So you're essentially training for pro days, and you're training for the combine, either G League or the regular NBA combine. But you're really focusing on what's going to catch NBA scouts and executives' attention in the next two to three months. So staying in shape is a big part of it. Staying healthy is the other big part. But certainly staying in shape and conditioning because the average for a private workout would be probably 45, anywhere between 45 minutes to 60 minutes with just you usually or a small group. So you've got to be in shape. And some teams have really tested players that have come in out of shape and just run drills just to see how prepared they are. And then as the teams show interest and you set up these visits, you got to study the playbook. So you have to know exactly what sets they're going to run because when you go for your workout, they're going to put you in those sets. So you need to be prepared. 
Hold on, Bart. We got one more segment with Bart Reed, Pure Sweat Basketball Skills, Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater, Drive Time Sports. We'll wrap it up in just one moment. Stay tuned. Often imitated, but never duplicated. This is Drive Time Sports with Randy Rainwater on the Buzz Radio Network. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. It's time for the basketball insider in Arkansas. It's pure sweats, skills, and trainings. Bart Reed, made possible by Martin Orthopedics. With locations in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Cabot, and Hot Springs Village. Staffed with fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeons and sports medicine specialists. For more information on the web, go to martinortho.care. Now, here's Bart. Well, we have an interesting question presented by one Drew from our bus text line. He says, guys, I am 51 years of age. I don't know what a leisure suit is. (laughs) Give me a coach that wore one in a year so I can look it up. Okay, Eddie Sutton, about 1978. Uh, basically, what it was was a um, you didn't wear a tie. You wore an open collar shirt with it, and the open collar shirt had a large collar, and the collar hang out hung out over the coat. The coat had over the lapels. Uh, yeah, over the lapels, and the lapels were narrow, uh, and the pants could or could not be bell bottoms. Uh, or they could be what they call flares, and um, I love bell bottoms. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of what they were. Again, no no tie, <laughs> and your your collar of your shirt was wide enough that it, you opened it up, and it it basically covered the upper part of your lapel, where you couldn't even see that. And you had uh, some very colorful shirts back then. Yeah. One right. of them might have been called what we would call paisley. Yeah. Right. But there were some. Do, yeah, the, the leisure suit was usually a solid color, right. you're right, and the, and the shirt was uh, could be anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Bart, did you finish on uh, what's the training like to get a player ready for the draft? Well, I was just going to say, it's the, the, the only other part about all this, you're, those guys are pretty much, that's why they have to, they have to get out of school. There's, there's, it's a full-time job to train. They're training six six days a week with one off day. So they're working extremely hard, and it's an adjustment. Three-point line is further back. The rules are different. Uh, the basketball is different. So there's a huge adjustment that goes into it. So these guys checking out of school early and going to train, you can't fault them for that because it is a full-time job to get ready for the Bart, NBA draft. Bart, what about handles? How, how much do you work on ball handling skills? Yep, so it's, it's interesting. I think I, I do more, I do what I call functional ball handling. So I we I spend a lot of time doing ball handling, but Randy, outside of we used to kind of do the traditional, you know, two balls and you would just ball handle. It, more of the ball handling now is in game situations 
one ball on your current attack lines, and you're basically looking at your core dribbles in and out, crossover, behind the back, between the legs, and you're repping those out. So a lot like getting your yearly checkup. Ten minutes of ball handling a day keeps the troubles away. That's all you need. Hmm. Uh, do you work on uh, the five-step no travel where you can take five steps and not get called for travel? Yes. Yes. So you have to maximize your – so if you look at it, we talked about the walk and travel. So high school is pick up one-two. NBA is pick up, next one down, one-two. But if you time it right, you can get in. So there's something called uh, motion dribble. And basically, Randy, you take one dribble per four steps. And it allows you to really separate from that defender. So, yeah, you do work on it, for sure. That that and uh, being able to cup and carry without being called <laughs> cupping or carrying the, carrying the basketball. It's called – now, Randy, it's called a pocket dribble now. So, yes. <laughs> pocket dribble. Oh, <laughs> That's my, what it's called. Oh, my goodness. It's cupping the basketball. Um, it stays on the side of the ball. Not underneath, on the side. Pretty close. So. Yeah, right. Um. This from our Asher Record Service Company live fan feedback. It's not about the um, uh, leisure suits. But Middle Trap says, coaches' clothing. Add in that each coach in each individual sport back in the day had a shoe contract. He chose what shoe his team would wear, Mm -hmm. sort of like Coke over Pepsi. Yep. Those contracts were half of a salary. Yeah, they made up a lot of his salary. You're right. I think also, when you're thinking of other sports, um, back in the 60s, football coaches wore ties on the sidelines. Yeah, they did. Yeah. You're right about and, that. Uh, yeah. That, that, that yeah. went out in the mid-70s. And so, um, yeah. There, I, can still uh, coach, I can still see Coach Brules in the Oh, tie. yeah. He wore ties. He sure did. Bob Devaney. Even yep. old Woody Hayes. Yep. Even Woody Hayes, you're right. Although he might wear a sweater rather than a sport coat. Like Bobby Knight. Or a heavy coat. Yeah, he, he might even wear a heavy coat because it got cold up there. Mm-hmm. But you got to look good either way. Oh, yeah. You have to look good. Got a style. On the other hand, with the exception of one man, all managers in baseball have always worn uniforms. Connie Mack. That's it. He wore, he wore a suit. Yeah. Yep. Connie Mack. All right, uh, let's see, Mark. What else we got on here for you from our Asher Record Service Company live feed feedback? Jason said, uh, Mark, shouldn't Coach Musk get another raise? I know he was bumped up last year, but shouldn't he be paid five plus? And I'm guessing that's five million plus. I mean, regular season, Rick Barnes is making five million plus. When can we expect another raise? Hey, I would give Muzz, I would give Coach Muzz the yearly raise. You would think based on performance and incentives that if you're looking at it, no one has been, no one. He's been extremely successful, not just in terms of recruiting, but also wins and getting deep in the NCAA tournament. So I would certainly put him in a top, the, the bottom line is Coach Musman is a top three coach in the country. I think schematically recruiting, knowledge, player relationship, he needs to be paid accordingly. So if he's not paid in the top three, 
you better get him there. What's because his salary? There's a lot what it, what's, of what's his salary right now? Do we know? So I don't he, know. I don't know exactly. I don't. When he first got here, he made round two. Uh, you know, so he's been here four years now. Two elite eights and a sweet sixteen. He's making four. Um, you know, that just remember this: <clears throat> as good as he is, football is 70 something percent of the revenue. The football coach is making about five point four million. It's tough to pay the basketball coach more than the football coach when. Revenue is good, but it's not nearly what football is. I agree. Yeah, that's true. He's making a little over four million right now. No, he's Rick, making a little over four. That's, that's great. And and just think about this: Nolan Richardson was in his what year? Uh, what eighth or ninth when he won the national championship? And that's when he got a million dollars. And now I know things yeah. are a lot different now, but that's what it took to get a million dollars. Was the national championship? Hey, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, Muss is really good. I think he can live on $4 million. Yeah. yeah. He can. He oh, can. And I don't think another college comes in and takes him away. I don't I don't think there's a more – and this doesn't sound like a homer. But I don't think there's a better job no. than Arkansas in the country. You can't say Kentucky's a better job because it's not. And maybe it was in the past. It's not. And I think there's just so much parity in terms of facility, access to players, Money, resources, Arkansas is as good as anyone else. You have to worry about the NBA coming in and still trying to steal Coach Muzz, and then they're going to pay him eight or nine million, and then that's hard to compete against. All right, Bart, we're going to squeeze this one in real quick. Uh, this is from James. He says, Bart, where does Jordan Walsh land? Well, so the second round is a little bit different than the first. Follow where they're doing their workouts, and that is who is going to pick them. I, he has been to OKC twice. So uh, OKC is number 12, and then they have the 36, no, 37 pick. So I would look for him, if he does not sneak in the first round, to go at 37 to Oklahoma City. Hmm. That's higher than most project. Yep. And that would be a great spot for him. I think that would become Arkansas West. Yeah, I just said said reunited with Jalen Williams. He didn't play with Williams. Right. He he wouldn't be reunited, would he? And Isaiah Joe, who he didn't play with either. That's right. All right, Bart. Always a pleasure. Thanks, gentlemen. That's Bart Reed, Pure Sweat Basketball Skills. Thanks to Bart and Orthopedics. For Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Buzz Animal Cruelty. Spay and neuter your pet. So long, everybody.